This is the Leadership 360 Podcast, where each month we have an inspiring conversation with a fellow leader aimed at enhancing your skills and faith in all areas of your life. While our podcast is designed for Seventh-day Adventist Church leaders in the Texas Conference, we invite leaders from all over to join us in this journey. Welcome to Leadership 360. All right. Welcome to our Leadership 360 podcast. If you're our first-time um, listener, we're glad you're here. If you joined us last month for David Montoya talking about um, how we roll in the structure of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we're glad that you're back. Today, I've got another great guest. Um, Randy Terry is our treasurer here at the Texas Conference. And um, I'm excited for this interview, Randy, because yeah. we've got some good questions we're going to talk about, but... but you're you're a fun guy to to interact with, so I'm yeah. I'm excited for our listeners to uh, to get to know you a little bit. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about you're the treasurer, the CFO mm-hmm. in some places. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you become the CFO of the Texas Conference? What's what's your journey been like? I have no idea how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> Much of my journey in, in working for the church is I don't <laughs> I didn't apply for this job. It's just one of those things that happens, and you follow where God's leading. I was in Spokane, Washington, serving as the treasurer of the Upper Columbia Conference. And uh, one day I got a call and said, would you be interested in coming to Texas? I'm like, Texas? Oh, it's hot down there. Yeah. It's a bunch of cowboy fans down there. So, you know. But Lord, Lord led, and um, we prayed about it. And uh, we've been here six and a half years. Oh, wow. So I so, can't believe it's been that long already. Yeah, time flies. When so before, fun. so you were in Upper Columbia, Spokane, mm-hmm. but you've been a conference treasurer a couple other places too throughout the... One other place, Southern oh. New England Conference okay. in South Lancaster, Massachusetts. And that was my first time as a treasurer. And another another cold place. Yeah. You, winter. You <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we got used to winter and now we, we love winter here. Nah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Now, what's interesting is you grew up in the Mid-Atlantic. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Maryland, Maryland, Washington, D.C. area. So lived there my first 30 years, and and uh, my family is not one that moves. My parents live in the same house that I grew up in. Oh, wow. So same phone number, same address. <laughs> we never moved in, in my childhood. My grandparents, my great-grandparents all lived in the same area. And so this is rare for someone in our family to move away to move and as much as you guys and as moved, much as we've moved my parents are like what what are you thinking where yeah. are you going next <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so, i'm not going anywhere next i'm good no we're good here so maybe we'll make the cycle back to maryland there Who you knows? go there but, you go so talk to me a little bit about the role of a conference surgery what mm-hmm. what do you what do you do kind of day in and day out that that helps the mission of the church go forward uh, basically, um, to make the day-to-day work, we have to make the budget work. Okay. So, so basically, we start with the budget. Once the budget's set, uh, that pretty much sets our trajectory as we go through the year. So that's probably the most important thing that I do, set that, and then, you know, just manage things as they come along. You know, when decisions need to be made, um, we need to go to committees and things of that nature. Um, purchases come up, it, you know, opportunities arise that we can take advantage of. Um, you know, we take them to committees, we talk about them, and we just facilitate that process. That's not, 
I don't make all the final decisions okay. on finances, which thank goodness. <laughs> we have a team of treasury that we all work together and we have the finance committee that works through a lot of our transactions, a lot of our, you know, some things are policy based and we can just kind of roll with those. But uh, then there's some special situations that come and then we can run to the committee, finance committee, executive committee, which they make the final final decisions. So last month, Elder Montoya talked about um, the officers, the executive officers. Mm-hmm. You as the treasurer are one mm-hmm. of the, the three officers, along mm-hmm. with Elton and, and David. You you comprise what we call the, the officers right. um, of the conference. Talk a little bit about the budget. Is this just something you sit in your office with and come up with, okay, these are, these are the numbers, this is what we're going to do for the year? How do you make a, a budget? Pretty much, it's it's about people. Okay, eighty uh, percent of the budget is is payroll. Oh, and salaries and related expenses. Okay. So all the pastors, all the teachers, all the office staff, um, we're responsible for that and setting the setting the the uh, the um, budget for that moving forward. And um, so that's that's the biggest piece. You know, how many teachers are we going to have? How many pastors are we going to have? How many? What new departments are we going to start? You know, what other resources, human resources do we need? Okay. Where are we going to expand? Where are we going to contract? Um, in Texas, everything's expanding. So we're hiring more pastors. We have more churches. So we're in a growth, we're in a growth pattern here. And so trying to keep up with that, um, with cost of living increases, um, payroll costs, healthcare costs, trying to take all that into account, get the crystal ball out and say, well, where are we going to be at the end of next year? What's tithe going to be? Because again, tithe is our is our main focus. Right. That's okay. our main income. 95% of our income comes okay. in through tithe. And so, um, and it doesn't come in in equal amounts. It doesn't come in as you expect it to. Um, and so you have to have cash flow. So you gotcha. have to work through with your, your schools and, and uh, you know, make, making sure we meet payroll. Sure. Twice that, a month. That, so that, that is very yeah, important. Yeah, that's true. Twice very a month. Important. It's not just once a month. It's, it's twice a month. Yeah. I'm interested before we talk about tithe, because I think that's a, a big issue that that I want our, our listeners to to kind of process through. Talk about some of the other members of your team um, in Treasury. You have an amazing team. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying this because you're sitting across the, yeah. the table, but you do. You have an amazing team, servant leaders. I, I have said um, to you many times, and I believe it with all my heart, one of the things that I found with treasures is you can be a good treasure, count the, you know, make sure the beans are counted, make sure mm-hmm. everything is fine. But you can do that without having a heart of mission. And mm-hmm. what I appreciate about you and some of the treasures that I've worked with in, in the past and your entire team mm-hmm. is this money that we are counting, that we are responsible for is all about mission. And I appreciate you setting that culture as well as your, your yeah. team um, as we joke down the hallway, which you guys have one hallway here at the at the office. So who's who are some of the other members of your team that you you get to work with? Well, Madeline Ogando is the under treasurer, and she's the risk manager. And I like to say I like to tell people she's the real treasurer for the Texas <laughs> conference. She handles all the accounting. She makes sure everything is is done from payroll to accounts payable, accounts receivable. There's people that are, are responsible for those. But ultimately, she reviews all those transactions, makes sure everything's current and up to date, and uh, she just does a great she does a great job. She's great. Um, I worked with her in Southern New England, okay, and um, brought her here, and she's just done she's done a marvel- marvelous marvelous job with that. So it makes my job very easy. Sure. <laughs> it, 
You just sit and you have nothing better to do. It's like, she does all she the does work. All the work. I, don't, I don't have anything to do. I get to go to committees and meetings and, <laughs> oh, man. and she gets and to sure do the office work. And I'm sure she's happy that you get to do that. I would, I would love to switch places with her several times. But <laughs> she so got Madeline um, mm-hmm. on that end. And I'm kind of working my way. Who else do you have coming down the hall, um, hall there? With? Well, let, let me put uh, Liz Velez, who's okay. my yes. administrative assistant. And uh, she does. she works with remittances. Okay. So when the churches send the remittances in, she's the one that processes those. Um, she sets the she helps she helps keep my life in balance. Keep tells me what to do and where to go and when to get there. But uh, she's a great great assistant and uh, just she's on top of things. She's so organized. She reminds me of what what you need to. Did you think about this? Did you think about that? And uh, when when are we going to do this? Yeah. When are we going to do that? So she's been great great to work with, and she's. She's actually the she's been with um with me the longest. Okay. Know? We've pretty much turned over our whole staff from oh, the wow. time I've been here. And so Liz is the, the last yeah. one that's been before I came. She's so the one that can put up with you the every, most. She knows everything. Go. Yeah. I keep telling her, How much longer can you put up with me? <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's a great, great asset to the conference and to me personally. And then you have going down the hall is uh, Teresa. Teresa um Bonilla. Uh, she is, does our accounts payable, and she also processes a lot of the risk management claims okay. when our churches or schools have issues, you know, uh, with uh, uh, water or wind or thing, damage to their buildings or vehicles. Um, she's the one that contacts, and we we make the claims with risk management. So risk man, so risk management, dealing with risk management. For those who may not know, risk management is our insurance mm-hmm. company in Adventist terms of risk Adventist risk management. Mm-hmm. Um, that insures our buildings, mm-hmm. the vehicles that are owned by the conference. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's that's a lot of because of the yeah. number of churches that that we had. We were talking to, to Elder Montoya last month, talking about just how many churches we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. All of those entities need to be insured, right. and it's your office that deals with any of these claims that right. that happen. Mm-hmm. Talk for a minute, and, and I know you interface with treasures. Mm-hmm. On a on an ongoing basis, so they may know this, but I think it's important for our leaders to know. Each church pays insurance mm-hmm. for their for their. How's that determined? Is it a kind of eeny meeny miny mo? Is it divided equally? How is it determined what the premium is? Because it's it can be a significant amount of money. Oh, definitely, and it doesn't get billed separately. We get one lump sum bill. Ah, gotcha. So, and then we and then we split it out. Gotcha. And pretty much, we do it based on value. Okay. Value of the building, square footage of the buildings. Um, we, you know, we try to do it, it's, you know, based on replacement value. Okay. Gotcha. What would it cost to replace this, this, this church? Okay. So if you have so many square feet, what's the replacement cost? Is it, you know, right now we're, you know, we're at $125 a square foot. Oh. That's probably not going to replace our, our, our building. That's very But true. there's some, there's some other pieces that with true. insurance that picks right. up those, some of those differences. And so, yeah, those claims... You know, as those values increase, so do the premiums increase. Because sure. um, you want to be able to replace, you know, if you have a total loss, you want to be able to rebuild your church. Right. And it's and what's interesting about our system, and, and we're, we're going to have this over the, over the course of our conversation as I hit things that I think are important, is that we're self-insured. That mm-hmm. Adventist Risk Management is us. Is us, yeah. It's not, we're with travelers, we're with, no. you know, no. you know it's not State Farm. Yeah, it's, not it's, it's, Farm. Us. it's us. So any loss that we have... Mm-hmm comes from us from mm-hmm. from proceeds from premiums and- now there is there is some reinsurance that happens okay and so once we get above a certain limit 
Adventist Risk Management goes out and buys other policies. Okay, gotcha. So that if we have a catastrophic claim, it's not coming all out of our pocket. Gotcha. Okay. We've reinsured to hit some of those higher claims in the buildings and in liability. Okay, our gotcha. general liability. Yeah. You know, okay. if someone, you know, a bad accident happens, you know, those those claims can go go up pretty high, and so we do reinsure um, on that. So we're okay. not we're not come, totally coming out of our pocket. Gotcha. But one of the, you know, it's not just what happens here in Texas. Adventist Risk Management insures the whole North American division. Right. So when there's hurricanes in Florida or there's wildfires in California, we're really all participating sure. with that. It's not, they, they're not hang out, hung out to dry them by themselves. Gotcha. That they have to pay the whole thing. Okay. Our pre, you know, we have a very collaborative system okay. that we work with. And so when, when things go bad in some place... You know, there's they are not stuck with the full, okay, the full the full cost. Okay, so so looking at so I'm going back to your to your staff because I want to give them shout outs. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, who's next? Is it Hiro? Hiro, okay. Hiro Duarte. Uh, he's our accountant. He works with our locally funded payroll, so he makes sure all the local um, secretaries, janitors, um, you know, employees of the churches, okay. the local churches and schools, the teachers' aides and things of that nature. He's responsible for doing their payroll. Okay. Getting their pay, meeting with, you know, all the 350 churches, 22 yeah. schools, and uh, any of those that have employees, they're actually employees of the Texas Conference, right. and we process all of their, all of that payroll. So, so a church, so hearing you mm-hmm. is that a church doesn't have any employees, mm-hmm. they all run through the Texas Conference right. and payroll comes through, right. through us, and Hiro's the one who, who does that. And he does a great, great yes, job. Does. I work with him yes, on, on some Bible workers, yeah. and he and we, does a great job. And we call it locally funded because that funding comes from the church or the, or the so school. So we're just the conduit. To, we to, do the payroll, and gotcha. we collect the money from the local church gotcha. and school. So then my favorite person on your the favorite church, no one. offense. Oh, is, I thought uh, I was your favorite. Well, you're 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 my second favorite because oh. you know Iris is the one who it, you know, we we she mm. makes sure all of our payroll. She does yes. payroll for, for us. I know yes. there's some other things she does as well, right? No, pretty she much. She does all she payroll. Just wow. does payroll. That's it's a full time job. Is. Just we, to meet all our pastors, payroll, our teachers, our office staff. Um, it's it's a full time job. She doesn't miss anything. She hasn't missed one yet. I, so I am, I'm not going not no, on wood. <laughs> well, not only has she not missed the pay, she doesn't miss if if I get something wrong in my report, mm. she's like she's right, right on, on that, and yes. I'm like, wow. I know when she comes to visit me in my office, she's I like, uh oh, you're in I'm trouble. You're in trouble when you're exactly right. <laughs> and then you go further down, then you've got Greg. Greg Garner. Greg Garner is our um, uh, associate treasurer. And he does our billing, our accounts okay. receivable. So our billing, our church, our insurance billing, uh, comes from him. And he also um, does the accounting for the ABC, okay. the Texas Conference ABC. And so that's a that's a big sure. component there. Our our store in Keene, and the distribution that happens there. That's that keeps him uh, quite uh, it does quite busy. <laughs> you, you you do. You have an amazing amazing team. Yeah. That that you get to that you get to work with, yeah. so I'm going to go back to you said something ninety percent ninety five percent of our budget mm-hmm. comes from tithe our income. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're sitting in the church on every Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets up, does an offering call, says, "Hey, give your tithes and offerings." Mm-hmm. What is the difference? Is there a difference? How does that how does that work? Ties and all. Why are they saying two different things like that? Yeah. Well, the Bible, it comes from the Bible. 
You know, it's something that's God God inspired. You know, He's He gave us an amount of what tithe is. And he said, Well, what how much do I pay in tithe? Well, it's ten percent. And it comes it's tithe is a Hebrew word for ten percent. And so you can't you can't uh, <laughs> you can't change that. Right. You can't five percent tithe, you can't twenty percent tithe. Tithe is ten percent. And so this is an amount that God specified, and it's it's specified in a purpose. You know, it was you know in the in the time of the Israelites, and they're wandering around the wilderness in the in the tent. You know, the Levites were set up, the priests were set up, and the tithe was set to to provide for them. They had no other job to do but to to service the people in the sanctuary, and we adapt that to our our our. Um, work here as a church, um, you know, it goes for the pastors, it goes for ministry, it goes for evangelism, and, you know, all those that work are working towards that. So our, te- our pastors, obviously, our teachers, our evangelists in the classroom each mm-hmm. and every day, our office staff, all we are is about mission of the church, and God has set that up for us, and as a church, we've designated that and specified things that tithe can be used okay. for and things that tithe can't be used for. And so that's kind of where the offerings come in place. The tithe is pretty specific. You know, it's about evangelism. It's about um, providing for the workers that are doing evangelism and spreading the good news. And, uh, you know, offerings are set aside for other, other things like buildings. You know, when the, when the temple was built, they didn't use tithe money to build the temple. They took up offerings. And I want to be like Moses one day and say, Stop giving the offerings. I don't. Want, I don't need any more. We don't need any more. Yeah, You've given enough. That would be an amazing You've given day, enough. wouldn't it? Wow. And so you know, the temple was yeah. was built with tithe because people gave. They sacrificed. They gave from that. And so yeah. there's you know there's buildings. Obviously, is the big portion. No tithe is not used for to build a building. Okay. It's done with with local church offerings and. So if I so if I'm in a church and I put tithe in. That comes all to the conference. All the tithe comes to the conference, correct? Yes, yes. Um, you know, Malachi three three ten says, "Bring all the tithe into the storehouse." So the storehouse in the Adventist Church is the conference. Okay. So yes, the tithe is collected at the local church, but it doesn't stay there. All the tithe is is forwarded on to the conference, and then we distribute it from there. So if I want to support my local church, the you know, children's ministry, youth ministry, the building, a building mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. then I have to give offerings for that. Correct. Tithe does not, Correct. Does not get used yeah, for that. Yeah, the tithe doesn't stay at the local church. It's not used for any purposes there. And so your local offering or your local church budget is an offering that's taken, and that, that's what supports your okay. local, your local mis- missions, your, your local ministries. So tithe is used... At the conference to support the personnel and mm-hmm. the evangelism, offerings are used at the local church. Mm-hmm. In many cases, some of them gets passed on to, to and, other places. And there's other offerings, mm-hmm. you know, not just at the local level. There's different projects and things that are done that are are done not with tithe, but done through offerings as well. So it's not just at the local church. Um, you know, several even in the conference we have we take up offerings, right? You know, for Lake Whitney Ranch to to build and develop Lake Whitney Ranch, tithe doesn't use for that. We have to collect other funds sure. in order to do that. So the, it begs the question then, okay, all this money comes into the conference. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask what our tithe in 2022, because that's the last full year mm-hmm. we had, was how much? $63 million. $63 million. Mm-hmm. So all that money comes in. Mm-hmm. 
You're not like Scrooge McDuck sitting with all the gold around you no, and just we don't keep it in stock what, piles. What, <laughs> what 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 do we do with I mean you talked about the budget, mm-hmm. you talked about personnel. That's just a lot of money. So mm-hmm. so if I give, let's let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. If I give a dollar of tithe, mm-hmm. and I know that comes to the Texas conference, what happens to that dollar? Where do, where does it go? What is it used for? Well, again, we're we're a worldwide church, and so not everything is spent at the conference okay. level. Oh, okay. And so we, you know, we are we're part of a worldwide um, mission, and so there's funds that go to the Southwestern Union, okay. which is our our parent organization that that covers the the Southwest, um, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, the, those states and those conferences. So nine percent of the tithe goes to the the Southwestern okay. Union. So nine nine cents out of my dollar mm-hmm. goes to the, to Southwestern the Union, Union. Okay. and and that's tithe money, and so that's used for tithe purposes okay. at that at that level. And then to the general the North American Division, which is you know covers the U- United States, Canada, Guam, Micronesia Mission, and the country of Bermuda. Um, there's a portion that goes so sixteen percent of the tithe goes there and then they pass on a portion to the general conference okay. which is a worldwide organization and so nine nine cents goes to the union 16 cents goes to in addition in addition mm-hmm. goes to the nad and then ultimately right. some of that goes to the general conference so we get to keep how much i'm, I'm not so that's math, that's 75 so. percent. there you go thank you Rand. <laughs> so, i appreciate that and then there's other portions that go as well the retirement plan okay for our for our employees 11.3 percent goes for that and then we also send 4% of our tithe to our local university, oh, Southwestern okay. Adventist University. So roughly we, we keep about 65% okay. of the tithe. And now some of that money comes back because there's always this, this debate, well, you don't keep it all and we send some back to you. And, <laughs> yeah. like, but for all intents and purposes, we keep 65. 65%. And, and then the budget then that you talked about here a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. is, based is based upon based that on, 65, 65% so we, that we get to keep. So we could... You know, our budget's based on $40 million, roughly. And so that goes, as we divvy out to the pastors, the teachers, office staff, um, that's that's how we build the budget. And then all our programs. Right. You know, our summer camp at Lake Whitney Ranch, evangelism, uh, pathfinders, adventurers, men's ministries, women's ministries, all the ministries of the conference that we we do are used, our tithe funds are used for that. And so we have to try to, you know, be effective, efficient with those funds. You know, people don't have unlimited budgets. Right. You know, they have a budget. They have to stick with it. (laughs) We have monthly meetings about it. We have annual meeting when we set the budget. And so we we all have an agreement of what we are agreeing to spend. And so that makes our, that makes my life a whole lot easier because our team, our directors are very cognizant of it. They're very careful with it. Right. They realize these are tithe funds. These are holy funds. These are funds that God set apart. Uh, for us, and so we take that very take that very seriously. So someone's gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate mm-hmm. for for a minute. Someone might say, you know, the Adventist Church is unique in the way that we do our finances. Mm-hmm. You know, the Baptist Church down the street, they their tithe stays at the local First Baptist mm-hmm. Church of wherever. Mm-hmm. What would it be like if a local church would keep the demand? How much more money would the local church have? If we just kept the tithe, mm-hmm. what is the mission advantage to our structure as opposed to that that structure where the church keeps the tithe 
and the offerings, where in our case, the tithe comes here, the offering stays there. What What is the advantage to to doing it our way? The biggest uh, the biggest thing I see is that, again, it's based on our mission. What is our mission? Our mission is to reach the whole world. If we keep all of our funds in a local church, that world is very small. It's in our town. It's in our church. Some of our small churches would struggle. They couldn't even hire to to, to hire a, a pastor right. to pastor them. And so I think the beauty of our system is the weak, uh, the strong helps the weak. Okay. That we're, we're in this together. So our largest churches, yeah, our largest churches, they could have 20 pastors, but they, they're limited so that some of our smaller churches are able to have pastoral support. And so to me, it's about our mission. What, what's important? It's about spreading the gospel to the whole world. And we can't do that in our own little town. And if we just focus in Alvarado, we might reach 10,000 people, right. but there's 6 million people, 6 billion people, you know, in this world. Right. And we'll never, we'll never reach them. We may never have a university if we just kept all the money in one church. We wouldn't have a summer camp. We wouldn't have our, our health care facilities. We wouldn't have a medical mission. You know, if we stay, you know, and, it's a strong word to use, but if we stay self-focused, sure. No, I think um, that I think that's a value, and, a valuable way to put it. You know, if we focus on ourselves, then yeah, we could do. We could have big buildings, but what would our what would our reach be? Right. Who would we be reaching? We could reach our community, maybe, but there's a lot of people that just reach their community. Sure. And so I see, as the Adventist Church, we have a bigger we have a bigger mission than just our town. Just our but we have the world. We have the world to reach. Now, will we individually reach it? No. But the funds that we can provide can do that. It can provide Bible workers in India and places in with Adventist World Radio that we can't even get people there, but they can hear the message on the radio. And so we couldn't have that if we just if we just focused on okay. ourselves. And so I, that's the, that to me is the beauty of the Adventist Church is we're not inward focused, we're outward focused. We're about the about the larger mission field. Yeah. So another thing that I, that I've heard as a pastor in in twenty seven years of ministry is okay. I give my tithe. I know it goes to the conference, but beyond that, I don't know what what happens to it. Some people would would refer to it. Well, it's going to a black hole. I have mm-hmm. no idea what's happening to it beyond what happens after I put it in the offering plate mm-hmm. or on Avenus giving the app or whatever. Mm-hmm. What are some accountability things that we have in place at the local church and at the, specifically at the conference level, both, that allows some transparency, allows people to feel confident that, okay, I'm giving my money, it's going to be used for what I want it to be used for, and it's going to be used in an appropriate way? Uh, one of the, you know, we have a, a financial report that is given to finance committee every month. 10 months out of the year. And so there's a review process of a group of 20 other people look at that financial report. It goes to the executive committee as well. You know, 40, 40 some are on the executive committee. Um, so there's overview, there's oversight from that perspective, but we're also audited. Okay. And so the general conference auditing service comes and does an audit of our books every year. And uh, we have a thick book we call it the red book. <laughs> yeah, the red and when book. we have trouble sleeping, we read it at uh, night and it puts us to sleep. But again, that sets that sets us up as a church. How do we sure. operate as a church? What is our what is our as a conference? 
And so there's policies and procedures that are in place there. And if we don't follow those policies and procedures, you know, the auditors will come in and say, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. And that gets reported to our committees. Okay. Um, you know, at our um, um, constituency mm-hmm. back in June, the auditors came and gave a report and they told all the things we did wrong and people booed and hissed and, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, that's, yeah. but that's a, that's transparency. Sure. We're very transparent with that. Um, I'm all about tell them, tell everybody what yeah. we did. I have nothing to hide. And so to me, from my perspective, that, that, you know, gives assurance to those that give, give that it's being used for the right purposes. So at the local church, now we talked about the conference mm-hmm. that the auditors come in once a year and, and audit our books. Mm-hmm. And, but a local church, is there a similar, um, mechanism in place for a local church per a member to say, man, I can, I can feel confident that that money that I give toward the youth ministry is going to go to youth ministry. Is there that same kind of accountability and transparency at the local church? There is. Uh, we have a team of auditors here in the conference and we, we audit church books and school books every other year. So okay. the policy is twice, you know, every two years, okay. we do an audit of the local church. Again, we're looking at tithe envelopes, if what the person wrote on the tithe envelope is that what got put in the system? Um, we are looking at when they write checks. Did they go? Did it go for? The, did they have money to do that? Was there documentation? Did they have receipts? You know all these things that again give it gives credibility to the treasurer of the local church to say yes they did things correctly they followed procedure they you know they didn't use money for evangelism for the building fund you know, to pay the rent or pay the utilities, that what the donor put, that was the purpose was, it was used for that purpose. Sure. You know, so, donor intent is huge. Okay. When someone so, donates, we have to know what they want and we have to fulfill what they want, or we need to give them their money back. I say, even if you think it's a dumb idea for them to fund, they, then we give the money back. We say, <laughs> if we want red carpet in the church. Well, we don't want red carpet, so we're going to give you your because gotcha. we can't fulfill what you're okay. what you're requesting. So there is accountability then, mm-hmm. very very strong accountability mm-hmm. at the local church. Yeah, yes. there's been you know there's been stories. You know, some some auditor the auditors go in and find some mm-hmm. some malfeasance or mm-hmm. something going on, and they find that's right. why they have it. Right. But we also have that at, at the level of the conference dealing with mm-hmm. the with our our tithe here mm-hmm. that the auditors come in and, and make sure that we're doing everything right. The, the way that every, the way that it's expected to be done. And we, we like to look at it. It's a protection to the local church treasurer as well. It gives them, it gives them assurance that they're doing things right. And it gives assurance to their board, to their members. Uh, we're not in there like the IRS to, to beat people up. <laughs> you know, we're there to help because we're all, we're all yeah. a team. The local church treasurers are part of our team because if it wasn't for them, None of that $63 million right. would have ever made it to the conference office because it all starts at that at level. And so we, we look at it as we're working together and uh, we're there to support each other and uh, we want to help them be as effective and efficient as they can be. And so you talked about there's there's certain policies that the conference has that the local church needs to implement in terms of how they do their books. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, you know, as a, as, as a pastor, I was told very quickly you don't sign the checks. Mm-hmm. You don't do any of the anything with the. We don't with want the money. pastors touching money. No, that's then that <laughs> for but, their own protection. No, and that's ex- that <laughs> you hit you hit the nail on the head where I was going because it's not so much they don't trust me. No, no. Though my wife does our finances oh, at home, okay. so you know that's <laughs> you know. 
Math isn't my strong suit. Okay. So, right. but the reality is, it's for for the protection of of the past, of the protection of the church, mm-hmm. is that we have certain rules that I'll admit in the churches that I've been a part of over the course of of time. It's like, oh man, it would be so much easier if mm-hmm. this, that, or the other thing. Right. But then when you kind of lean back and say, okay, that may be not the the <laughs> The shortest way to do it, but that's the most effective way to do yeah. it to protect the pastor. And again, we we want to keep false accusations to a minimum. You know, we don't want it to say, "Well, the pastor took the money; the pastor stole it from the church." If the pastor doesn't have access to the money, then that takes that <laughs> takes that uh, takes that temptation away, yeah. if there ever was Absolutely. one. But um, you know, again, it's not about we don't trust our pastors. We just think that this is the best way to to protect them. So that they can do ministry, they can focus on ministry and not deal with with side things that may be coming at them. So someone would be asking, okay, we we get it. The conference hires our pastor. If we have a church school, the conference hires our our people. But what are some other ways that financially the conference supports the local church? Uh, one of the probably the biggest the biggest funds that come back to a local church is evangelism. Okay. Um, you know, we, I know the local church collects evangelism money, you know, for their efforts, but we also have money here at the conference office. And that's probably one of our biggest, um, fundings back. Mm-hmm. Um, we also help with church buildings. Okay. Uh, we have a building appropriation where we give 10% of their, of the cost of a new building or new construction up to half a million dollars. Okay. And so they can get $50,000 for that. Our Spanish churches can get an additional 5,000 okay. for their their projects. Um, again, all that comes from donations. It's not something that, because we don't, we don't manufacture money here <laughs> at the conference you office. You don't have a printing press anywhere. No, you do, we're not just, making money. Not we're, ma- we're not making widgets. <laughs> we're not selling anything. Everything is donor-based. Sure. And so how, again, how do we, how do we disperse the funds that we have? Again, we're not using, that's not tithe money right. uh, for the building appropriations. That comes as part of our Texas vision offering. And so everyone that contributes to that is helping in that so, capacity. So spend a, spend a moment, if you could, Randy, talking about Texas Vision. We mm-hmm. we hear it in the local church. Mm-hmm. This month, this week's offering is for Texas Vision. Mm-hmm. Are we helping people see, or <laughs> what is the you know what 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 is Texas Vision? Well, Texas Vision, it's about where is the conference going. Ah, what's, there you go. What's the purpose? What what are the things that we see are are important? And church buildings are one of those. Okay, uh, Lake Whitney Ranch. Is very important, and fit, you know, twenty five percent. These these numbers are sta- changing in January. Oh, okay. Um, so this is a n- new new item, um, and so twenty five percent goes to um, our church building appropriations. Fifty percent will now be going to um, Lake Whitney Ranch for okay. development, the different projects we have going on there, and twenty five percent goes to academies for worthy student funding. Okay. And so previously, twenty five percent went to evangelism. Um, but because we have we have evangelism funds, we can use tithe money for evangelism. Right. We felt, you know, our biggest our real our biggest vision, our biggest portion, what we want to see grow is at Lake Whitney Ranch. We want to develop the camp, and so that's going to take non tithe funds to do right. that. And so we're we're putting a real focus on Texas Vision for for that. Uh, I want to talk for for a second about Lake Whitney Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple couple of months ago the committees the committees um, spent some time time down there, and one of the things that came out of that was just how many of our members had not been to Lake mm-hmm. Whitney Range. So, mm-hmm. talk about where is it? What is it? 
what is it used for mm-hmm. so that so that our, our leaders in our church understand when we talk about Lake Whitney Ranch, what are they talking about? Yeah. We were, I mean, I can imagine a lot of members haven't been there, but I was very surprised by how many committee members oh. had not been there. I mean, some of that was their first time. And so that was <laughs> like, wow, we talk about it all the time oh. and you don't know what we're talking about. So it was good for them to visit and actually see it. So we own um, a little under a thousand acres okay. in Clifton, Texas, which is right on Lake Whitney. Um, so we have access to the water, the okay. waterfront there. And uh, we've developed... Uh, and three, that's between, that's kind of Hillsborough, kind of in north Hillsborough, central Texas, Hillsborough, Waco. Half hour, half hour from, kind of from both Hillsborough gotcha. and Waco, um, you know, south of Cleburne okay. in, that, in that area, about an hour from Alvarado. Okay. And um, so we've, we have a lot, we have three lodges that have been built and we can accommodate about 150 kids for summer camp. Okay. So our summer camp is operated there. And uh, you know, we have horses. Um, we're in the process. I just saw pictures of we're building a high ropes course, oh. a zip line. Oh, uh, so a wow. new added attraction for Lake Whitney Ranch. I'll uh, pass. But okay. You'll pass. I'll I'll pass. Hector asked me if I wanted to be the first one. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> Not me. I don't like heights. And uh, we just finished a project of building four bathhouses and shower houses at Lake Whitney Ranch. Um, our Pathfinders, our camp, our camp ministries, um, have been living in tents and living in porta potties and and porta showers, and so this year uh, we were able to complete those four. And so when you have five thousand people, yeah, that's... come to camp, you know, it's like uh, the children of Israel. <laughs> They're in the big <laughs> yeah. tent, and then there's the the little tents around yeah, it. So to try and have better accommodations, that was probably the first thing I was told when I came to the to this conference as as treasurers when are we getting bathhouses at lake whitney <laughs> six and a half years uh, later we have them now. progress so is slow, we've made yeah. progress and so and one of the next projects we're working on at lake whitney is a open air pavilion okay where we don't have to rent a big tent uh, we'll have a um, open air uh, facility uh, we'll seat about five thousand people so we want to use it for our Pathfinders adventures, and uh, we also have a goal of having camp meeting oh. at at Lake Whitney Ranch as well. Camp meeting. Camp I, I meeting. get that question off a lot as I as I travel throughout the conference. Why don't we have camp meeting? And mm-hmm. for me, coming from the Northeast, where camp meeting was every year for eleven days, mm-hmm. I was very happy to come to a conference <laughs> where the, there's no camp meeting. So the fact that yeah. I'm starting to hear camp meeting again, I'm like, oh. I hope you're not having nightmares over this. Uh, not yet. Not <laughs> okay. yet. Well, if we get a little closer, maybe. But so. Can any church use Lake Whitney Ranch? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's open to all our churches if they have a group that want to bring. We have several houses okay. along the along the uh, facility that we can have small groups. Families can come. Um, church boards come. Church, pastors bring their churches. They have retreats there. Okay. And uh, Hector and Annabelle Perez are our director and um, associate director. They are wonderful people to work with. So if you haven't been to Lake Whitney... Look it up on the map. Yeah. Look at the beautiful pictures that are there, and uh, contact Hector and Annabelle, and they will they will make your retreat yes. very special for you. It's, it's it is a beautiful beautiful place, mm-hmm. and they they have more deer than you know what to do with. Oh, you can see deer everywhere. Yeah. The deer know they're safe. <laughs> they're safe there's in no that hun- spot. There's That's no, right, hunting no hunting at Lake Whitney Ranch. So. Right. I've seen some nice sized deer. <laughs> Randy, as we kind of close close this section, what is one takeaway? We covered a lot of territory mm-hmm. um, over our time together. What is one takeaway? If everybody forgets everything we talked about, which they probably will, yeah, that's what correct. is one takeaway? 
I, I think the most important thing as we as a church is that we're a we're a global mission church. Yeah. We are about evangelizing to the whole world. We're not about evangelizing to the city of Alvarado, to the state of Texas, to the United States. We're about the whole world, our, our mission. Now, again, does Texas do all of that? I think we do some of that. We do, you know, we're just in a mission trip mm -hmm. to El Salvador. Um, so we can partake in being a part of that worldwide mission. But just to know that we're not so self-focused and that we are outward, we're outwardly focused and we're following Jesus's great commission, go tell the whole world. And I think we do as, as well a job as, as any other denomination. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for, for that. I want to end with a tradition that we've started, and that is the lightning round. All right. So um, I've been trep trepidizing quick, about this. Quick questions. <laughs> Not a whole lot of commentary, but okay. But here we go. Number one, beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. Any particular beach you like? Anyone in Hawaii. Anyone in Hawaii. <laughs> Not particular. As long as it's in Hawaii. In Hawaii. All right. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Number two, most used app on your phone. Most used app, uh, Google Maps. Oh, Google Maps. All right. Yeah. Because you do a lot I'm of traveling. Traveling all over Texas. Yes. I don't know where I'm going. So without Google. <laughs> a lot of small roads, a lot of small towns. Yes. Number three, favorite hobby outside of ministry? Uh, football. Watching football. I love football. There, I'm, there I'm, in the wrong, I'm in the I, wrong territory say, for there, my there team. you share with them. No, with the... I won't share. So. <laughs> I don't want to get shot. So that's there you go. It's, but I'm not a cowboy fan. You're not How's a cowboy that? fan. Let's put it that there you go. <laughs> Number four, one thing on your bucket list. Wow. Um, my bucket list is to visit all 50 states. Oh. And we have, my wife and I, we have one state left. Really? And that's Alaska. And so maybe next year okay. we'll, we're going to fit that in. So that's, that's, that's the bucket list to, to be in every state. Wow. So 49 out of 50 mm -hmm. with Alaska on the horizon. Alaska's the last man. one. Yep. The other thing, and I'll say this as a fellow sports fan, I really love your your bucket list item of visiting every major league baseball park. Baseball. Mm -hmm. And I think you're you're far ahead of where I am. I think mm -hmm. I got about got, half of them in. Got so. about nine left to go. Man. Yeah, that's the second bucket that's, list. There you go. <laughs> the closest one to finishing is the States. It's the States. That's <laughs> right. Just Alaska. <laughs> Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, to know what people are thinking. Oh man! You know, people can tell you something, but what do they really? Ooh, what do they wow. really mean? <laughs> That's quite this. That could be quite the superpower, good mm -hmm. or bad. Because I'm not sure I want to know what everybody. You don't want to know. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then number six, what is the best piece of advice you ever received? Wow, I gotten a lot of good advice. Um, whew, that's a good good question. Um, I guess from my dad was just always do your best. You know, put your heart into whatever you're doing and and do it to the best of your ability. And that's that's what I try to yep. I try to live by that and follow that. And in the in the time that I've worked with you, Randy, you definitely do that. Mm -hmm. You are Thank you. you are someone I enjoy working with when I was in the field but also mm -hmm. now here at the, at the office. Mm -hmm. So thank you for yeah. coming on. Thank you oh, for, pleasure. for sharing. Thank you. Um, it's been a great, a great time together. And again, one of the things that I want our listeners to understand is we're here for you. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, yeah. we're here to serve, to yep. serve you. 
So thank you for, for, for being on this. For those of you who are listening, you can uh, subscribe to our podcast that comes out every third Thursday of the month um, on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you receive your podcast, wherever you're listening to this now. Um, we'll keep doing it um, every month moving forward. So thank you for joining us on Leadership 360. We look forward to seeing you next month. Leadership 360 is a Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventist production. Our executive producers are Ken Dixon and Dr. Tom Grove. Our producers are Ever Sorto and Tammy Townsend. Our sound engineer is Aaron Metter and video editor is Tammy Townsend. New episodes of Leadership 360 are released on the third Thursday of every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the video version of this podcast on the Texas Conference YouTube. Thanks for listening.